It's March Mania at Sports Interaction. Wow. NHL, NBA, March Madness, MLB, so much more. It's Bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. That was good spelling. Thank you. Play Pinata Picks and Minute Madness exclusive games with insane odds you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet at Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario. Use the QR code at the bottom of the screen or head to sportsinteraction.com slash STPN to get started. It's 19 plus. Please play responsibly. The show is Nailing the Apex. The host is Tim Haraney. Um, brand new show to the uh, the network and we're thrilled to have you, Tim. And it, we're so excited about this because Drive to Survive this year has been so great. And episode four starts with Haas. And it's the enigma of Mick Schumacher because, you know, here's a guy with, you know, a name that is probably the most famous in the sports history besides Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got the name, he's got the sponsors because of the name, mm-hmm. but he also has the resume. You know, this guy won F3, he won F2. Yep. So he's got the resume to be in the sport. He jumps into a Haas car that was supposed to be bad and boy, were they bad in 21. Yep. And then this year, <clears throat> sorry, 2022, they have a car that compete. Kevin Magnuson proves that in the first race. Yep. The question is, why can't he stop cutting the cars in half yes, by yeah. crashing them into the wall? Yes. <laughs> is Mick Schumacher an F1 driver? Well, that was the question, wasn't it? And I mean, if you were looking at last season, it was tough. It, he had a lot of a lot of struggles. I remember getting to um, Canadian Grand Prix and you know, the team expressing to me that they weren't too happy with Schumacher's management from behind the scenes. Who's his how, manager? Oh, wow. Um, can't remember who the full team was, but one of the persons uh, used to manage Michael. Like oh, okay. Dad. Mm. Which and makes I, sense. Yeah. And, um, but I think like, uh, my opinion is, is that maybe they were... Maybe they were managing Mick the way they would manage Michael. Michael's was a seven-time Formula One world champion, one of the greatest F1 drivers ever. A savant, Mick, brilliant. Mick isn't like he wasn't yeah. like coming into last season. Like he did one season of Formula One and he spent his time at the back, never scored any points. And now you're coming into 2022. You have a teammate in Kevin Magnussen who barely did any testing in the car jumps in and gives the team one of its best finishes like ever <laughs> and mix kind of nowhere to be found almost but then if you're getting a hard time from management his management then i think that's going to rub some people on the team the wrong way that's how i saw it and that's how you know from some of the people i spoke to how things kind of went down there but it was tough for him like i think um I think for for Mick, one of the things that I've always noticed following his career was he was, he was always a bit of a slow starter, where it took him time to figure out what he needed to give the race car so he could get the performance mm-hmm. from it. If you look at Formula 3, he didn't win that Formula 3 championship his first year. It was the second year. If you okay. look at Formula 2, he didn't win that championship the first year. It was the second year, and it actually wasn't until like a little bit later in the season. And I believe like there was some really good talent on that on that grid. And you know, I think you know Mick, you know, just won that F two championship. 
Um, I think Sonoda and Latifi, and there were some other ones that. Uh, that was twenty. That was twenty. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Okay. Uh, twenty twenty. You know, there was like Callum Eilat was on the grid, and like he's awesome. Like Callum Eilat's an Indy car now, but he should be in Formula One. That guy yeah. is. That guy's a real good talent. Um, but yeah, again, right? I mean, just just looking at it uh, and how much he struggled throughout the season and took him so long to get up to speed with things. It's it's tough. And they kind of actually do touch on that a little bit when they're talking about, uh, I think it was after, if I recall the episode correctly, I think it might've been after Saudi Arabia. It was in and around Baku or Azerbaijan and they're kind of telling, they're, they're frustrated by him not attacking the braking zone nope. and being confident mm. with the car. And that kind of tells you that's as a driver, it's just you don't have that confidence with the car because you've had these big crashes and you kind of got to get that confidence back again. And it takes a while to kind of work up to it. But I believe Gunther tells him he's too slow to be cautious on the brakes. Yeah, something. It was, yeah, it was something <laughs> yeah. like that. He's not using them. <laughs> yeah, 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 not using them. You're too slow to be using the brakes, anyways. Yeah, yeah. And that's a, that's the thing with like also with racing, right? You're approaching like a braking zone at 300 and whatever kph. And you need to get the car slowed down in, yep. in like a matter of like 50 meter board to the corner. And it's like, you think I can break deeper than that? And <laughs> you need to remember that's happening like split second. You need to have the bright braking reference. You need to make sure you're dumping like, it's almost 300 pounds of pressure. You're pounding into the pedal. And it's a mental game too. It goes 100%. against every, everything, everything you, know. you ever know. Yeah. yeah. And it's like uh perseverance, like or self-preservation, right? You're like, Oh yeah. I, you're like, I'm like some of the best breakers, Lewis Hamilton, Daniel Ricardo, uh, not Mick Schumacher. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, it's, it's uh, extremely difficult after you have a big crash, but you know, like I was saying, it's understanding why you had the crash. Once you've understood why you've had like a really big accident, as a racing driver, you should be able to just move on and be like, okay, I need to get back in the car and let's mm -hmm. go. It's uh, it's a shame it's kind of ended the way it has for Mick. I think going to Mercedes, and I think Total Wolf believes this, is that we've got this, we've got this guy. We think he's got some talent. We just need to get his confidence back into him. Yeah, and, and then I think we'll, we'll he may get another shot. I mean, this may not be it for Mick Schumacher. I like the editing in this episode because they showed all the times he was failing and they used his own commentary to kind of narrate his crashes. And he kept talking about trusting himself and pushing it to the limit so that he knows if he's 20, if he has 20% more or if he has 5% more or if he's at his limit already. And it seemed like he was saying those things, but on the actual racetrack, right. he wasn't able to do them. One of the things that, um, you know, that I always learned when I was racing, you know, if we look at the team uh, and I think, you know, DTS does have some cutaways where their team's a little bit disappointed with, you know, mixed performances and, and whatever. And if he's not pushing that limit or getting up to that limit or being aggressive in the braking zone, uh, then the team can actually get quite disappointed. They don't necessarily get that upset with you if you're crashing the car into a million pieces, but you're trying and being aggressive. Mm -hmm. Perfect example from myself that I can use is my first year in Formula Renault, first race of the season. I didn't get a lot of testing going in because we didn't have any money to like pay for testing. So I literally had to show up. We had practice on the Thursday and luckily we had like a long practice, but it was kind of my first time working with the team and that's tough. Like even just to jump into a junior single seater. Um, and there was this section of uh, racetrack that 
I was just really struggling trying to get the braking right for it, but I was being really aggressive, uh, maybe way too aggressive with it and like flying off the track and like almost crashing the car into a million pieces and like going through tires like it was nobody's business, flat spotting every single time, just ah, flying in. walking it up. Just oh, flying in. Man, we were coming through. It was at uh, PIR, so Phoenix International Raceway. They had half oval, half <laughs> oval came into the infield. It was coming from the half oval straight away into turn one, which is this long sweeping left-hander. And I just freaking sent it in, oh. like getting on the brakes. Like I didn't, I didn't like have brake bias adjusted enough to the front. I had too much rear locking. And so it would just lock and snap. And it just kept doing that. And it was like a scary thing, but I would just keep back out going and, and doing it, mm -hmm. trying to be more aggressive with it. And I would come in and say to the team, like, look guys, I'm, I'm really sorry. And they were all from Argentina and they're an incredible team. I loved every single one of the guys who worked on my car. Um, I just would say to them, like, look, I'm really sorry. Like I flat spotted all these tires. I didn't do any damage, but they're like, no, no, we like you because you take the knife and yeah. <laughs> and like, but they weren't upset yeah. that I was like flying off the track well, and they need, chewing up all their tires. Cause you'll and, learn. Yeah, yeah, and if you're not if you're not pushing too. it, you I was won't pushing learn. it, right? Yeah, yeah, you're, te I, you're testing the limits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so obviously, you know, I'm sure that Mick didn't have a ton of a ton of confidence the year before no. when they bring him into the team and the, and the car sucks and Nikita Mazepin's a distraction and there's all that stuff, and then you know Magnussen comes in and has the drive of his life to start the season. Now you can understand how a guy loses his confidence. Um, the one thing though that they sort of they do talk about and they hint at, and then I was following a little bit last year, was the German press's reaction to his performance. Uh, his uncle, Rolf Schumacher, who's Michael's brother, who raced in Formula One, especially was in the German papers all the time. And you see an interview with with Gunther. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and the, the guy's like, hey, how do you feel about, you know, do you think Mick would do better if you supported him better? <laughs> yes. Essentially, yeah, and I wonder if um, because I think that that happened before Canada, and I always wonder if like if it was maybe mixed management poking the the the, the German reporters to they to, certainly like, were them, leaking things to like get them to like you know go Gunther into an answer mm -hmm. or like hey why yeah. are you supporting him et cetera et cetera I'm always curious about that to be honest with you it's one of the things I don't really know. But um, yeah, well, just watching that, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." I mean, because that happened before before Canada. I'm like, "That's that's interesting." Because and then that's kind of where uh, a lot of the issues started started to happen between management and and um, and the team. So well, it's interesting because you know you talk about the passion for Ferrari in um, in Italy, right? And uh, you know, for sure, German fans are Mercedes fans, right? A lot of Mercedes fans, but. They are Schumacher fans. 100%. Yep. And that's the thing. That entire country loves that name, oh, yeah. loves that family. Oh, yeah. And so there's a little bit of that. Obviously, a little bit of national pride going there. And I thought it was an adept move when, when Toto Wolf, also German, picks up Mick Schumacher at the end of the year. No, we're going to bring you home. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, to me, the Schumacher name belongs at Mercedes <laughs> because that's where Michael finished his career. I thought that was funny. But, but I think... So, so I really want to dive down. I know you guys talked about it a little bit at the beginning of this episode about Toto picking Mick, Mick Schumacher up. I really genuinely wondered, was that a smart political move, a smart sponsorship move, or does he really believe in Mick, or is it all three? I think it's all three. My personal opinion, I think it's all right. three. I mean, I, re I really do. I think it's, I think it's smart because 
if if you if team principal you've seen a lot of talent if you see that there is talent with mick then you've got to try and get it out of him and you never know when you're going to need him yeah you just in, don't know in the episode i think as drive to survive always does they kind of always start at the low and they end at the high like it was it was terrible for mick all episode and then they end at the high when he's actually battling with max verstappen at the end of the race to get into the points and get his first points and i think it showed in those moments that if he's in the right car and he has the perfect scenario, Mick Schumacher is a great driver. Like, he can drive and he can battle. He can do stuff yeah. out there. Hates and a road course, though. Yeah. He hates a road course. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. probably he's going to send the car into the wall. Yeah. But... If there's no wall, it's great. If if, if, yeah. it's, if, it's, if there's a little extra room on the track, Mick can be a great driver. And, and Toto definitely recognizes that. It was interesting uh, with that crash in Monaco. It's uh, during... Uh, that particular section of track. So it was uh, it was in and around the uh, swimming pool section. I remember with last season's car that if you actually kind of got that offline into, you know, a lot of um, water or debris or gravel, like it was easy for, for a driver to spin or bring the mm. rear around. Like it was super easy where in years past, you didn't necessarily have that because there was so much downforce bolted onto the car. Mm. It was a little bit different and some of the other drivers were also struggling with that. And I think that's something, if I remember correctly, I think that's something that caught Mick out at that moment. Like he literally was offline by not not much like and Monaco, Monaco's like that yeah, yeah and it's, it's never thing, a yeah. lot is it <laughs> like it, with any especially crash especially with Monaco like yeah. perfect example like you know you're offline by a foot or a couple yeah. feet or you miss your braking reference by a yard if that then well there was some there were some replays last year where you know when Charles was in front and he's passing that chicane that last chicane before the turn uh, the right-hand turn that gets you right back to the finish line, you know, the chicane by the water. Yep. And he yeah, is going by pool. that that thing, and there's an inch yeah. mm-hmm. or less. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're, I don't know how a human being does that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know it's how you so do that. precise. I mean, I remember Daniel Ricardo. I think it might have been Daniel Ricardo's pole-winning lap there in, oh, boy, I want to say it was either 2018 or, or 2019. Don't grill me on this, whoever is watching. <laughs> oh, the but comment whenever, section will be on you. Yeah. <laughs> no correction. Uh, we like he, to call it the compliment section. Yeah, though. okay. All right. <laughs> sure, fair enough. Um, yeah, he. I remember that pole qualifying lap. He literally, the right front tire just skimming, skimming the yes. apex. You could see the wall starting to flex back because he literally was just pushing up just a bit on it and then you'd seen that in practice with max he tried to do similar mm-hmm. things and he did it twice back-to-back years where he just took a little bit too much and it was you push up against that wall you touch it just hard enough and it breaks the linkage and you're done into the wall yeah. you can't steer the car I, anymore i i you know i jesse and i both play uh formula one on on ps5 <laughs> oh yeah yeah I fucking hate Monaco. Oh, yeah, I've always awful. it's always been my favorite that's race awful. to watch. I love it. It's you know, it's old and it's whatever. But I have to ask about that track itself. And I know this has nothing to do with the episode. And I know their contracts up soon too. Well that's not, they, they I think they if I remember correctly, they did extended they yeah. okay, they extended they for a few years. Mm-hmm. I just look at that track and how wide these cars are now. You know, when Schumacher uh senior was racing, they could pass each other can't pass anymore nah, cars are too big is yeah. this a is this a track that's long for this world yeah i mean the thing is cars are just too big right now too big and too heavy yeah and i wonder if this 2026 regulation change <clears throat> that we're going to see like i wonder if the cars will be a little bit lighter and smaller 
something like you know the 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 2005 2006 formula one era where you know the you had the benetton battling the the ferrari and yeah a clothing company battling ferrari right unbelievable <laughs> it's <was> awesome uh, <laughs> but the cars were so much smaller and right, so right. much lighter and you could see how nimble they were and Oh, that was great Formula One. Those cars were so awesome. They were awesome. I, I great sound of them too. Favorite eee. era Formula One for me, two thousand and like Formula One car and engine. I would say two thousand and yeah, two thousand to two thousand five. So that was all the Schumacher years, basically. Yeah, but I just oh the engine noise, man. I remember because <laughs> I was in a I was in the feeder series into at F One, so I got to like experience a lot of things that a lot of other people didn't and one of the things was getting really close to the track and like just waiting for i remember jacques was in the. Uh, i remember jacques was in the 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 the, uh, the bar honda in that thing coming by and it was if i remember correctly it was like an automatic downshift and you heard this thing coming and then you saw it and then you heard it again and then you felt it yeah it would sh- rumble shake the ground that you were standing on and it would just you could feel the vibration through the whole car as it came through you the sound everything it was putting into the ground you were feeling that where you were standing i'll never forget that feeling ever unbelievable those engines were those v10s were incredible and those gearboxes were amazing it's awesome man uh, there's definitely some formula nerds like oh, going, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> let's go and don't worry about that i think that's why we want to do this show um so uh so we'll get to episode five next are are, are we not getting to the highlight of this show oh this episode what is it what is it gunther on the paddock oh my god when he's when oh he's talking to medlin he's asking and he says i'm gonna yeah. fuck the whole paddock yeah and he's then, talking to medlin and then he said, yeah, do, yeah. did you use any any bad language there he said no i I was gonna hug the well, whole pack. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll try and we'll try and get Chris on onto the onto the show. He's great, sometimes. by the way. Love yeah. Chris is awesome. He, yeah, he's uh, the one who got that quote. Chris, Chris actually, <laughs> I was in when I was in uh, at the USGP. I think like every night I hung out with with Chris and and uh, like Nate Saunders and Lawrence Edmondson and like we would go out and get beers and stuff like that on the <laughs> night and just talk racing and stuff. But I I didn't have a rental car, so Chris had to pick me up and show me this track every day. And I felt so bad. <laughs> he, was, he was your Uber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was awesome though. It was great talking to you. I mean, yeah. he's a great guy. But yeah, no, that that interview with Chris and Guther is gold. Oh, man. yeah. Absolute gold. Man. I'm glad it made it into the show. Yeah. 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 It was a nice little piece again at the end. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to fuck the whole pack. 